Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we get some nuclear revenge against a song thief. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, neighbors were a huge pain, so I ruined their Christmas. I haven't found a more useful quote than the one that says, Do to others what you want to be done to you. I deal with most people with this quote in mind, and because I want people to be good to me, I try to be good to them. This has helped me keep a very good relationship with most people, and I've never had a problem making friends, but unfortunately not everybody lives by this principle, and no matter how nice you are to these people, they never reciprocate. This was the case with my new neighbors in the suburbs. I thought that having one jerk in the family was tough, but tried dealing with a whole family of jerks. It was so irritating that eventually I decided that I couldn't take it anymore, so I put them in their place. You never know the importance of a Christmas tree and decorations till they go missing. But before I get into all that, let's start at the top. During the summer holiday leading to the beginning of my freshman year, the family received some good news. Mom was pregnant. This was the best news that she and dad could get at the time because after they had me, they hadn't been able to have another child. There wasn't anything wrong with her or dad for that matter, but it just wasn't happening. They'd been trying since I was four years old. But it finally happened and they wanted nothing more than to be careful during the pregnancy. So dad decided that it was time for us to move to the suburbs. He had initially planned that the move will happen after they had their second child, but since it didn't happen after all those years, they decided to stay in the city a bit longer. And when mom got pregnant, they were both paranoid that something could go wrong in the crowded city and she would lose the child, so they didn't want to take any chances. On one hand, I was really happy for my parents and the prospect of having a younger sibling, but I wasn't thrilled about moving away from the city. It had been my home for so long and I couldn't even imagine living anywhere else. Besides, I had a lot of friends in my middle school and they were expecting to see me in high school freshman year. I didn't have much of a choice in the matter though. I couldn't express my dissatisfaction about the move without them misinterpreting it to sound like I was being rebellious or I hated the fact that I was having a brother. So I decided to keep silent. The same day after I heard the news and the move plan was set in motion, I left the house and went to the basketball court a few blocks away from our apartment. That was where I and my friends used to hang out. After a few rounds of basketball, I broke the news about the move to them. They were sad, but they promised that they were going to keep in touch. A few weeks later, Dad had finalized the deal on our new house in the suburbs. Next, the moving buses came, and after we said goodbye to the neighbors, we went to our new place. I have to confess, the suburbs wasn't that bad. The air smelled fine, the streets weren't crowded, and the noise was kept to a minimum. I found the silence in the night a bit creepy though. I loved to see horror movies when I lived in the city because I know that when I go to bed, there will be traffic and people noises to distract me from the movie. But in the suburbs, it's so quiet and you're left to your thoughts. Anyways, on the second day of our move, my parents and I were in the living room doing the unpacking when we heard a knock on the door. 
When my dad opened it, the two people on the porch introduced themselves as the Mahanis. They were our new neighbors and they live next door. Dad invited them in. The mother handed my mom a bowl of apple pie as a welcome gift. They looked around the house and when I saw the look on Papa Mahani's face and it was almost like he was displeased with the new interior design. My mom noticed it too and she asked him what the problem was. He said that he knew the people staying in the house before we did and he thinks their interior design was better than ours and we shouldn't have changed it. I found that weird because first of all, nobody asked for his opinion, and secondly, it was our house, and it wasn't his business how we chose to design it, and the fact that he said that out loud was kind of inappropriate. That wasn't the only inappropriate thing they said that day. We heard another knock on the door a few minutes after they arrived. My dad opened the door once again, and the Mahani kids walked in. They had a female daughter my age and a set of twin boys, Luke and Jaden, around the age of 7 or 8. They introduced their kids to us and then they asked if I had a sibling. My mom said not yet and before she could continue, Mama Mahani said something about how bad it was to only have one child. Even when my dad corrected her that they didn't plan to only have one child, she continued to say that it was too late for them to try again and that maybe they should try adopting. I could tell that my mom was really pissed. I was too. Not only were they saying highly inappropriate things, the condescending manner in which she was saying it was even more annoying. That wasn't even the worst part with the Mahanis. I tried to talk to their daughter Lucia. Since she was already going to the school, I was about to start attending. I walked up to her and said hi, but with the way she turned and looked me over, I knew from that moment that we weren't going to be best of friends. I told her my name, and she nodded without a word. The twins, on the other hand, they were another type of trouble. I looked around the living room, and they were nowhere to be found. So I went to check the lawn, then the kitchen. They weren't there either. I started to wonder where they went to until I heard the commotion going on upstairs. Curious, I walked up the stairs to see what was going on. As soon as I got to the hallway on the top floor, I heard a loud crash coming from my room. I hurried into the room, only to find the twins fighting over my vintage Captain America action figure. I wanted to scream till I turned my gaze to the ground and saw that they had actually broken my dinosaur glass sculpture. Before I could say something, Jaden pulled too hard and the action figure broke into two. I felt pain like no other. The Captain America action figure was one of my most expensive collectibles and it was my favorite action figure. It belonged to my dad's older brother and he gave it to me when he moved to a country in Europe. I looked speechlessly at the broken pieces of Captain America in their hands and after a while they threw the pieces on the ground like they meant nothing and without anything close to an apology they started to walk away. I was so pissed that I grabbed them both by the shoulders. All I wanted to do was yell a little and give them a piece of my mind but as soon as I grabbed them, they started to cry and scream as if I'd hit them. The Mahani parents ran up the stairs and grabbed them from my hold, giving me the stink eye as they did. My mom asked me what happened, and I told her about the action figures they broke. To my complete and utter shock, the twins denied having anything to do with the broken action figures. They said that they walked into the room and found the action figures broken, and when they tried to explain to me, I hit them. What? I tried to convince the Mahoney parents that the twins were lying, but 
That didn't happen. They turned to my parents and told them to get me under control. Then they left our house, bringing our very first meeting to an awkward end. Over the next few weeks, we had more altercations with the Mahonies than I care to count. It was always the little things, like how my dad's lawnmower was disturbing their Saturday rest, or how I make so much noise with my stereo in the afternoons. Note that I keep the speaker volume to the lowest setting every time, because I don't like loud music. It didn't get any better when I resumed school. I was alone and without friends for the first few days, and even though Lucia and I were neighbors, she pretended to not know who I was, and she avoided me like the plague. I didn't need her help though. I made all the friends I needed a few weeks later. I had joined the basketball team, and because I was a strong center, the guys on the team liked me. When Lucia saw that I started to gain popularity in the school, she started being nice to me. She would never hang out with me outside school, but in school she was all over me. I guess her main goal was to become popular by being seen hanging out with somebody who already was. This was so irritating to me, and one day in the hallway she tried to kiss me. I decided then that I couldn't take it anymore. I pushed her backwards and told her to stay away from me. Now I know this might have been a bit harsh, but I had unknowingly humiliated her. But in my defense, she was really frustrating so she had it coming. Anyways, after that day, I didn't hear from Lucia for a while, but that didn't last long. A few weeks before the Christmas holidays, Lucia told her friends that her parents caught me peeking out my window and into hers. And like a little ember in the dry savanna, the rumor that I was a pervert spread like wildfire. Everybody, except my friends on the basketball team, made fun of me. Nobody believed me when I told them that she was lying. I guess everyone likes a good story more than the truth. I never thought Lucia could be more annoying than when she was hanging around me, but surprisingly, she leveled up. I told my parents about what had happened during the weekend, and my dad rose from his seat and angrily marched to the Mahoney residence. My mom and I quickly followed behind. When they opened the door, my dad gave them a piece of his mind, and without even waiting to hear what he was talking about, Mama Mahani started to yell back saying that she was going to call the police if we didn't get off her front lawn. Eventually, we had to leave, and while I was still angry, I couldn't help but wonder why the Mahanis were so infuriating. At first, I thought that that was how the people in the suburbs were. But then, we had other neighbors, and they were all pleasant people. Eventually, I decided that I wasn't going to let it slide. Not the lies Lucia told against me, not the other things the Mahanis had done to frustrate me, but how. I got a perfect idea one day during lunch break. I had explained everything that was going on to my friends, and they were willing to help. We came up with ideas on how to mess with the Mahanis, but most of the ideas would have ended up with us getting caught. Eventually, one of my friends, Mark, came up with the perfect idea. What better way to mess with people than to ruin the one day almost everybody in the world looks forward to? Christmas Day. How are we going to do that? Simple. We were going to steal all their presents and decorations. The school went on break on Friday because Sunday was Christmas. We all decided to meet up in the park on the day of Christmas Eve to discuss the plan one last time. Then after that, we all went home. Later that night, after dinner, I went up to my room and then locked the door. I waited until all activity in the house had stopped, and then I texted my friends. 
Then I snuck outside of my window, clad in black. I raced to the park that night, then met up with my friends who were already there. Then I went through everything they brought to make sure that they had the right tools. Next, we made our way to the Mahani residence. We had to wait a while to make sure that there was no movement in the house, then we walked across the lawn one by one. When we got to the door, Mark picked up the lock using some paper clips. The door became unlocked, and we walked into the living room as quietly as we could manage. We quickly got to work by picking up all the presents under the Christmas tree and putting them in a sack. Then Mark went ahead to remove all the Christmas lights in the living room, and the other guys carried out the Christmas tree. We closed the door and hurried back to the park. We dumped the Christmas tree and Mark decided to take the lights to his house. The other guys decided to drop the presents in an orphanage in town. And we all went home. I was so happy that we actually pulled it off without getting caught. But I knew that I was going to be happier when I saw their reaction the next day. The Mahanis didn't disappoint. I was woken up by the sound of yelling the next day. Even though it wasn't coming from inside the house, it was still so loud. I walked down the stairs and then joined my parents who walked out on the lawn to see what the ruckus was about. Lucia and the twins were throwing a tantrum about their missing presence while their parents were trying to calm them down. It was a sorry sight, a really sorry sight, because all the convenience stores were closed and they couldn't replace anything. What baffled the Mahoney parents the most was the fact that they didn't hear anyone come in. They were quite scared because they learned that if it was that easy for a petty thief to break into their homes, imagine how oblivious they would have been if it was a serial killer. I walked back into the house so happy about their paranoia. It was like a seed that had been planted in their minds, and soon enough it'll grow, and they would see no other option than to move away. I couldn't hope for more. It's a bit harsh to steal a Christmas experience from seven and eight year old twins even if they are monsters but it makes it easier to stomach when you realize lucia really tried to ruin you our next story is dude stole my song so i had my friends babysit him for as long as i can remember i've always wanted to become a singer i loved the glamour of being on stage singing to a massive crowd that adores me rocking out on my sick guitar everything about it i had the talent that wasn't in the question I also had the charisma needed to be a famous celebrity. It didn't work out though, but that's not what we're here to discuss. The highest point in my short singing career. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. ...happened in college. Along with many other things, the one that stood out to me till today was the time when one of the friends of my roommate tried to steal my song. He wanted to use it for an audition we were both supposed to participate in. If he succeeded... He would have gotten a crazy record deal while I would have been left in the dust 
Of course, I couldn't let that happen, so I made sure it didn't. But before we go into detail about that, let's start at the top. I came to college with the notion that I wasn't going to go for a job in the corporate space. All I wanted after finishing high school was to go to music school and follow my dream. But my dad decided that it was better to study something in college in case my music didn't work out. I didn't see this as a possibility, but I wanted to please my dad, so I went to college to study business. I have to be honest, my first few weeks of college were not the best. I had the notion that college was supposed to be fun. All about study groups on the lawn and two guys playing frisbee, it wasn't like that for me at all. As soon as I started classes, I was buried under a ton of schoolwork, and I barely had time for anything else. I didn't even get to know my roommate till later in the semester. I could have ignored the schoolwork and just done my music in school, but I had a reputation to uphold. I've never failed an examination in my life, no matter how tough it was. Anyways, after my last mid-semester test, I had some free time on my hands. I took a walk back into my room and found my roommate trying and failing to play a guitar. I'd been watching him for a while before he finally noticed me. Then I offered to show him how it was done. I collected the guitar from him and then played some chords. I almost teared up as I played because it had been so long since I'd actually done anything related to music. My roommate Donald was actually surprised that I was good with the guitar. He never knew I loved music till that day. I asked him how long he'd been trying to learn and he said he'd been trying for a while. His friend from the class was teaching him, but he wasn't getting it. I showed him a few tricks and little by little it started becoming easier for him. We actually spent the rest of the day talking and bonding that by the morning it was as if we'd known each other forever. Anyways, one day after a three-hour econ class, I decided to stop by the cafeteria to get some food. I still had some assignments to do, so I had to hurry it up. I walk into the large hall and then got my food from the servers. Then I went to an empty table at the far end of the hall. As I started to eat, I noticed a small group of guys and girls playing a music game. It was like a freestyle. Someone drops words and they sing songs that match the words given. They weren't professionals, but it was obvious that they loved music as much as I did, and that was what mattered. I watched them for a while, silently appreciating the fact that maybe college wasn't all that boring. After a few minutes, I got up from my seat and went to join them. I asked them if I could play the game, and they readily agreed. By the end of the game, they were blown away by my talent with freestyling. They asked if I was a musician, and even though that was what I was in high school, I didn't know how to answer them because I rarely did music anymore. I explained to them that I didn't do it as much as before because of school and stuff. They nodded and introduced themselves. Two of the guys in the group, Kyle and Jay, were in my dorm and coincidentally, Kyle was a year two business student. We all talked for a while and when it was time for me to leave, I collected their contacts and promised to hang out with them some other time. A few days later, I was in the dorm doing an assignment when I heard a knock on my door. At first, I thought it was Donald because he wasn't in the room and he hadn't been there since he left in the morning. I opened my door and to my surprise, it wasn't Donald. Instead, it was Kyle and Jay. I asked them how they got my room number and they reminded me that I'd mentioned it to them the last time we saw. They had a guitar in hand and they wanted me to join them in the park. They were meeting up with the rest of the guys. 
I explained that I had an assignment to submit the next day and I had to get it done. Kyle, being a year two student, walked into the room and took a look at the assignment I was working on. Without a word, he picked up my pen and started to complete the assignment for me. Five minutes later, he was done and I had no other choice than to go with him. We got to the park a few minutes later and started to have fun with music. I think we came up with three or four song ideas that evening. The next time I checked my watch, it was late already so I had to leave the park. We fixed another day to meet and then I left. Over the next few weeks till the end of the school year, we met every Wednesday and Friday just to geek out on music. They were never serious about making professional music and neither did they have any expectations. That's what made it so fun. After the long summer holiday, I resumed college ready to continue the Wednesday and Friday routine, but the guys weren't back to school yet. They all went for a group vacation somewhere in Africa, and they weren't going to be back till the next week. Kyle had actually invited me for the trip, but I had already promised my dad that I was going to come home for the holidays. Donald wasn't back to school either, so it was just me for the first week. I used that time to get ahead on my courses for the new semester. On Friday that week, Donald resumed school. We talked for a few hours and he told me all about his summer holiday. He went to a beach house with his friend and there, they spent the weekends partying. He told me his friend who was also a talented singer was coming over the next day and he was going to introduce me. I said, sure, okay. I got back from class the day after and Donald was already there with his friend. I took one glance at Donald's friend and I received the shock of my life. Donald's friend was none other than Ricky, my high school nemesis. Ricky was not a student at my high school. He was a student of another school and the leader of their glee club. I was also the leader of mine, and we had to go head-to-head in the interstate singing competition every year. Of course, I've always been better than him, but still, he always came second. Ricky and I would have had a healthy rivalry. Heck, we might have even have been friends but he never knew how to take a loss. During sophomore year, after the competition had been won, Ricky openly attacked me in the building's garage. The fight got so heated that it took more than one teacher to separate us. The next year, he tried to sabotage our presentation by pulling the fire alarm when it was time for us to perform. He expected that it was going to throw us off our game, but it didn't. We won again. I stood at the room's threshold for what seemed like hours looking at Ricky. He was also surprised to see me too. After a few moments of awkward silence, Donald asked if everything was okay. I said yes, and then I explained that Rick and I were acquainted. Before I could continue, Rick rose from his seat and explained to Donald that he and I were rivals from different high schools. Then he turned to me and apologized for his behavior in the past. He explained that he was overly competitive and he hated losing, and that made him crazy sometimes. Then he extended a hand to me and told us to start over. I shrugged, took his hand and said, sure. I wasn't really taking his word for it. In my experience, people don't change. They tend to repeat the same mistakes if they were put in the same situation all over again. I only decided to bury the hatchet because of Donald. But I wasn't going to start trusting him just like that. Ricky started to hang out in the room more often, and because he and Donald were course mates, they did everything together. Whenever he comes around like that, I usually find an excuse to leave the room. But one Wednesday when he came over, I was getting ready for the park. 
He looked disappointed to see me leave, and then he asked where I was going to. I told him about my group of friends and how we meet in the park for a fun time with music. Biggest mistake I could have made. He said that it sounds like fun, and asked if he and Donald could tag along. I said okay. Another big mistake. I texted Kyle to let him know I was coming with friends. Then we took a walk in the park. We met up with Kyle and the gang, and then we settled down to our game. I have to confess that the session was more fun with Rick around. It was nice that there was someone else besides me who was a pro in music. It was cool. After that day, Rick started to hang with us in the park more often. Even I was already starting to like him, but that didn't last long. On Tuesday evening, I was in the dorm finishing up an assignment. Donald and Ricky were also around. They were playing a video game. A few moments later, we heard a knock on the door. Donald went to open it and Kyle walked in excitedly. He had a flyer in hand and he slapped it on my book. I looked at the flyer and noticed that it was a singing competition. The audition started in a few weeks and every person had to audition with an original song of theirs. There was a cash prize and a record deal in store for the winner. I hadn't been that excited in a long time. And when Donald and Rick asked what was going on, we told them about the competition, probably the biggest of all of my mistakes. Rick quickly said that he was also interested in the competition, and I replied saying, may the best man win. The next few days, I spent my time writing a killer song. I didn't want to use a song or a freestyle I'd already written. I wanted something new, and I got it. The next Wednesday, Kyle and the guys were so excited to hear my new song that they begged me for over 30 minutes. I wasn't comfortable playing and singing the song while Rick was there, because as my rival in high school and the competition, who knew what he had under his sleeve? My friends didn't take no for an answer, so eventually I had to sing the song. As I sang, I stole glances at Rick to gauge his reaction, and with one look at him, I knew I was right not to trust him. Even though he tried to mask it, I knew he was jealous. I ended the song, and even though the guy said that the song was fire, and I was surely going to win the competition, I felt uneasy. I just knew that Rick was going to try something crazy to sabotage me. I was so right. A few days later, I went to the cafeteria to get some food, and to my surprise, I heard someone playing a song that sounds eerily familiar. It took me a few moments of listening, but eventually it dawned on me that it sounded familiar because it was my song. Well, a remixed version. Rick had made some small changes to the melody and lyrics, but it was still the same song. I walked over to where Rick was seated and confronted him about the song, but he denied stealing my song. He said he wrote the lyrics earlier and he didn't copy mine. From the glint in his eyes as he spoke, I knew that even he didn't believe what he was saying. That was when I understood the game he was playing. He knew that with my killer song, he didn't stand a chance in the competition, so he was also going to sing another version of my song, which would confuse the judges, and since they won't be able to figure out who exactly owns the song, they won't pick either of us for the next round. Frustrated, I called Kyle and the gang and we met up in the park. I told them what was going on, and while they were pissed, they were equally apologetic because they made me play my song in front of Rick. I told them that it was fine, and all I needed at the time was to find a way to stop Rick, since I couldn't write a new song with the rest of the days left. One of the guys in the group, Joe, 
raised the suggestion that we should literally stop him from attending the competition. After a few moments of refining the plan, it was decided. We were going to grab him on the day of the competition and keep him till the competition was over. On the day of the competition, Joe borrowed his uncle's black van and we all put on black overalls and masks. We waited outside Rick's apartment for over 30 minutes before he came out. The plan was easier because he wasn't staying in the school dorm. Once he came out of the apartment building, ready to go for the competition, we jumped him and before you knew what was going on, we had him blindfolded and tied in the van. Then we drove into a quiet street where I alighted to head for the competition. My friends couldn't come and see me sing in the audition because they had to watch over Rick. When it was over, they drove him miles away from his apartment and campus and they dropped him off there. But not before collecting his wallet and cash, making it impossible for him to board a bus back to campus. I saw Rick a few days later after the competition. Even though the guys didn't physically assault him, he still looked visibly shaken. He couldn't tell who his kidnappers were because they were wearing masks and they didn't speak while he was with them, but I'm sure he had a good idea who did, but he couldn't say anything without proof. Now I'm not saying kidnapping somebody is definitely the right solution, but man, you really want to stick it to somebody for being an outright thief. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.